Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 72 of Buds and Blue Jays. This is your place for all things Toronto Blue Jays related. I'm your host, Jesse Burrell, and I am joined, as always, by my usual co-host, Riley McConnell. And today on our show, the winter meetings came and they went and the Blue Jays did nothing? What? We'll talk about that. We'll have our thoughts on that. And plus, what comes next? And we'll touch on some of the rumors that came out of the winter meetings and see where this goes from here. But first, Riley, two questions. One, how are you, man? What's going on? And two, if I would have told you there would be over $2 billion spent in the winter meetings and uh, free agent contracts handed out and the Blue Jays did zero of it, what would your response be? So let's skip the pleasantries, Mr. Burrell. I okay. myself am quite good, actually. But to dive right into it, man, I mean, there's some there were some big names on the board for free agency. And I mean, let's just let's just cut right to it. We didn't go after anyone. We didn't acquire we didn't acquire a bullpen arm. We didn't acquire an outfielder. We didn't acquire um, you know, any anything. I mean, I would say that. You know, we could have been here talking about, oh, we didn't acquire anything substantial that would help us win games. You know, we didn't we didn't get anything, man. And that's that's the problem with this. And I have a huge gripe with this. Actually, it's almost like um, an empty promise from our front office. They say we've got all this money and we're going to put it in. Mm -hmm. But the big boys are off the board, Jesse. The big boys are off the board. The meat of the free agency has is, has been signed by now. And. Like we're kind of, you know, not bottom of the barrel, but we need to make a move and make an impact move fairly soon. I mean, me as a Jays fan, Jesse, you as well, man, you're getting a little restless here. I know that baseball is over, but this is still very important time, a very important time, man, to um, to get your team constructed and get ready for 2023, man. There are still some high impact names on the board. We will touch on those names a little later in the episode to see if they're still fit. But the lack of, or sorry, the options that the Blue Jays have seem to have kind of disappeared. They're kind of almost forced now to go in one direction. But Riley, before we dive deep into it, what's your concern level on what the Blue Jays did at the winter meeting? Are you in panic mode yet? Rate it on one to 10 what your panic level is for this offseason so far. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, until we start spring training, you, your panic level really can't get too high. Moves can definitely still be made at of any course, point. Yes. But like, but still, Jesse, I mean, you watch other teams. We're, we're competing here, right? This isn't a, a four-team, five-team leagues. There are 29 other teams that are either competing, and we know the non-competitors, whatever. But the teams that are competitors have gone out, and they have made some pretty big moves. And I would like to consider our Jays and they are they are a big competitive ball club and have um, immaculate potential for the 2023 years and it would have just really helped to get you know, a really high-end player. I mean, I'm not talking about an Aaron Judge. I'm not talking about a Trey Turner, but some little piece to start the ball rolling. Our ball is still at the top of the hill while there are a numerous amount of teams around the league that are had made moves and are almost continuing to make, make moves, moves still in the motion to sign players, make trades, things like that. And I feel like, yes, there's speculations at transactions and signings, but we haven't budged. I mean, talk is cheap, man. I want to see some <laughs> action. I don't know about you, man. It would really help to see, you know, something, uh, something get the ball rolling here. Hey, let's not panic too, too much. This is the first time the winter meetings have been held in person since 2019. And in 2019, the Blue Jays' big signing at the winter meetings was Tanner Roark. And we know how well that turned out. For what it's worth, though, they did lay the groundwork on a Hunjin Ryu deal that winter meeting. So maybe when the Blue Jays do end up acquiring a player later this offseason, we'll look back at this and say the groundwork that was done at the winter meetings was really helped set up about that. And let's not, let's not forget, Riley, two years ago, the Blue Jays were finishing second place on all these free agents. And everyone was freaking out about, well, when are we going to do something? 
something. We got to get somebody. We got to do something. Well, turns out we ended up signing George Springer that offseason, and that seemed to have worked out okay so far. So panic level still very low, still a lot to go, but yeah. A lot of offseason left, and we'll see what our Blue Jays do. Absolutely, man. Like, I mean, until spring training starts, my level of concern won't be. It's just, you know, you're anticipating, you're getting a little bit anxious. It's kind of a nail-biting thing. You see these big players go to other ball clubs, and, you know, it's the what could have been. Well, we'll never know, Jesse, mm-hmm. but I'm sure that, I mean, there has to be a move made. I'm certain there will be a move made. Um, I don't think it's going to be tonight, and I doubt it's going to be tomorrow, but at some point um, we will – more than likely be signing a starting pitcher and an outfielder. I'm certain of that. Hopefully soon, man. We need some more content to talk about on this show. Um, but before we wait for that, Riley, let's go through some of the big signings, the big trades that were made, the acquisitions that went happened around Major League Baseball and some of the rumors that the Blue or some of the players that the Blue Jays had interest in and to see what this kind of tells us about the Blue Jays' plans this winter and who are the guys that are targeting. And let's start with this guy, Riley. Um, Andrew Heaney. It was reported quite frequently over the past week that the Blue Jays were interested in Andrew Heaney. You and I talked about him last week, how we thought the fit might be. We love the strikeout potential. We love all this thing that they can have. And Ross Atkins did mention before going into this winter meetings uh, that he was looking for a combination of durability and upside in a starter. But he also mentioned, Riley, uh, playoff potential, which was a new term that you didn't really hear him meaning. My interpretation of that quote is he was looking for a guy that can get strikeouts because strikeouts matter so much more in the postseason. So it makes a lot of sense that the Blue Jays were interested in Andrew Heaney. Now, he ended up signing for two years for Texas with $25 million, and it was reportedly offered that the Jays offered more guaranteed money to Andrew Heaney to get him to come to Toronto. But ultimately... Hey, the guy's earned his right as a free agent. He gets to choose his destination. You know, maybe he just likes the heat down in Texas. Maybe he didn't want to come to Canada. Maybe he just really likes Jack Daniels, Riley. But Andrew Heaney chose Texas over coming to the Toronto Blue Jays. And he has that right, I suppose. I mean, I can see it. You've put in your you put in your service time. You reach free agency. You can sign with whoever you want, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd I'd take a pay cut to not you know, to not play for the Yankees. That's me personally. I'd, <laughs> I'd take, I'd, t- I'd take, honestly, I'd take it. I'd take a minor league deal with their short season, a ball. Who am I kidding? But um, however, you know, you can't, you can't blame guys for going other places. He never had anything to do with the blue Jays association to begin with, you know, it's right, his yeah. right. He can choose where he wants to play. Um, it just, it just keeps our door open for new opportunity. I mean, he's playing in the American league. I'm sure he's going to do well. He's got another good, uh, good new ace on that staff. So I'm sure he can learn some things and, you know, mm-hmm. do some stuff with his game. Um, but again, we won't know, um, you know, until we hit the field and play that first series against Texas, how that's going to affect us personally. Um, but yeah, Andrew Heaney, a guy with a lot of upside, not a Toronto Blue Jay. At the end of the day, Jesse, I don't think him not coming to the Blue Jays hurts us a tremendous amount, though. There was a lot of risk with Heaney, right? That was the thing. Like the, the potential could be sky high. This guy could turn out to a strikeout machine. He could be probably what Robbie Ray was for us in the 2021 season. But the downside is also like, you say Kikuchi level bad. So it's a big swing. If it works, it works. If it doesn't work, which is probably the more likely outcome here, I think we might be okay filling those rotation spots with somebody else. But I will say it does seem interesting that the Blue Jays were targeting this type of pitcher quite heavily and that they really seemed like they wanted Andrew Heaney. So the Jays are trying to get somebody here. It just won't be Andrew Heaney. 
I mean, you can try and try and try. I mean, the fact that we didn't learn them, that's or land them is a is a bit concerning. The more we kind of learn about how this offseason goes and what we've learned so far is we're not we're not just going to dump a ton of money into the first thing that moves. I mean, we are being yeah, quite strategic. For the Blue Jays. The, the positive thing to take away is we're not just going to sink money into anybody, which you know what? I, I I, do, I don't hate the reserve tactic. As a Jays fan, do you want to see results? The um, the statistician in my head, the um, you know, the front office first to me is like, you know what? It's probably not the worst thing, you know, to be patient. You know, let's let's find the right fit. Let's see where other guys land. Maybe do some matchup things. See what potential you know trades lie ahead and everything like that. I mean. It's not a bad thing. Just the restlessness of it all. I mean, hey, it's, you know, partway through December right now. There's still lots of times to make these moves. Let's go on to some other players that the Blue Jays did have interest in. And this one is a guy that the Blue Jays have had interest in the past. And that is Kyle Gibson, played for the Phillies last year. He ended up signing in Baltimore for a one-year, $10 million deal, which is pretty similar AAV with what we paid Yusei Kikuchi last year. The Jays had interest in Kyle Gibson back in 2019 and seemed to be the runner-up here offering the exact same deal that he ended up choosing Baltimore instead of Toronto. But unlike um, unlike Andrew Heaney, Riley, I'm really not upset that we didn't end up with Kyle Gibson. Frankly, I don't think he's that good. He does have some individual pitches that do grade out well and whatnot. But I remember when the Jays went to Philadelphia last year, we scored seven earned runs off, um, off Kyle Gibson. Matt Chapman took him deep for a three-run home run. Remember that last year? And it's just... I, I'm out on Kyle Gibson. I hope he's good in Baltimore, but not too good. And I kind of hope the Jays crush him a little more. And I, I'm glad we avoided this one. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a no-brainer. If you're a pitcher, you want to play for a team where you possibly get wins and wins is run support. And I feel like, you know, as good as, you know, a guy like Adley Rushman could be or Ryan Mountcastle could be, I think that um, it's a no-brainer if you want wins. Come to Toronto because we're going to score a bunch of those. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could have you could have a four or five earned run average or not four or five, 4.5, whatever, <laughs> run average, and still, you know, collect some Ws. But um, when you're when your team's backing you up with two runs or three runs, it's a little bit more difficult. But, hey, at the end of the day, Jess, you said it, man. I think that Gibson is a middle-of-the-road pitcher, a number three arm um, for at rotation. Best. At Honestly, at be- best. At, at yeah. best for sure so the fact that we didn't get him and we still can you know for 10 million dollars i'm not i'm not not hating that at all we do have the left-hander in kikuchi i feel like is you know it can't be as bad as it was last year right i just feel (laughs) i we got if we're going for a pitcher we got to get a for sure thing and uh gibson not a for sure thing yeah, I agree. Um, another name that the Blue Jays had interest in that, Riley, that you and I talked a lot about on this podcast in episodes past was Cody Bellinger. I was really in on Cody Bellinger, but he ended up signing a one-year $17.5 million contract. So pretty much what he would have got if he accepted the qualifying offer from the Dodgers before they released him. The Jays were known to offer Bellinger a multi-year deal, which makes us think they knew what it took to fix him or at least had an honest attempt on how to fix Cody Bellinger. They still believe in the guy. But Scott Boris and him decided a one-year deal is what they wanted. They want to rebuild value. I do think it would have been a great fit here, kind of like Marcus Semyon was in his year here and even like Robbie Ray before we let him go. But unfortunately, we did not end up getting Cody Bellinger. And I really hope this move does not come back to bite us in the butt. I don't think it will, Jesse. I mean, Good. hey, Cody Bellinger could go out next year and play and play some fantastic ball. And then there's the off chance that Cody Bellinger has a 215 average and hits 12 home runs. I mean, if we're unsure of what we were going to get with Bellinger, I mean, 
hey, there are still other lefty outfield bats that we could go after. Yep. Um, I'm sure Bellinger won't be as bad as he was the last couple of years. That's just my thought. I'm a I'm a Cody Bellinger kind of guy. Um, I'm a li- I'm you know I'm a little bit you know what could have been with him if he could have made a a great stint with the Blue Jays. I think that would have been awesome. I mean, the Rogers Center is a hitter's ballpark, and I think Bellinger has that power to be an elite hitter in the MLB. So, what could have been, we will never know. But um, at the end of the day, it doesn't just still doesn't break our backs, Jesse. So those were the three big names that have been heavily linked to the Toronto Blue Jays. We'll have some uh, other names going on here that had been somewhat linked, or at least the Jays had checked in on that. Ultimately, we didn't end up signing. And the first one is Jameson Tyon, who ended up signing a four-year, $68 million contract with the Chicago Cubs. There was buzz, especially after Justin Verlander and Andrew Heaney went off the board, that the Jays might be shifting their attention towards Tyon. But I think it was too little too late. Other teams had already laid the groundwork and stuff for a signing here. And ultimately, he's gone off to Chicago, four-year, $68 million. Kind of steep, I guess, but pitch money was going off the crazy and everyone was getting paid at the winter meetings. So I don't really have many thoughts on Tyone, Riley. Do you have anything quick? I mean, it's uh, he's going to a Chicago team. I always thought that the central divisions were fairly weak and I guess fairly weak as far as pitching. Chicago Cubs always have had good pitchers in the past, maybe not in recent memory, really. But um, I mean, good for him. This is a move that probably won't bite us as well. Uh, Tyone, so obviously, uh, you know, had a had a was has already played in the um the National League Central so maybe some interesting things there are a lot of a lot of different divisional shifts we'll get more into guys um players reuniting in fact and maybe playing in the same division rival teams even as their um their uh, debut teams which is kind of cool but tie on going there you know what in a cubs uniform i'm sure anyone looks good in a cubby's uniform sure. so I'm sure it'll sure. define <laughs> i agree uh two of the big names riley the big name pitchers that went out jacob Degrom and justin verlander and these were some of the guys i was really hoping the jays would go for on a high aav deal uh they both got massive contracts man jacob Degrom got five years 185 million with an option for another year Verlander signed two years, 86.667, which could turn into a player option if he meets inning pitch requirements. Um, and there were reports that the Jays did make a very sizable offer to Justin Verlander. We liked him last time, two years ago, when he was a free agent. Ultimately, he chose to go back to Houston instead of coming to Toronto. Um, but it does give you a glimpse, Riley, of how much money the Jays are actually willing to go forward. I think it kind of shows that they aren't afraid of the CBT. Like They are prepared to dump tons of money into a player if it happens, which I think makes it a little more concerning. We didn't really end up with one of these top high end guys. And I think it really kind of almost forces our hand to put money towards one of these high impact guys that are left that we'll get to a little later in this episode. I think, and to add on to that last line, Jesse, and maybe pay a little bit less and maybe get one or two of those high impact players that aren't that, that, that aren't a DeGrom that aren't a Verlander, but listen, I mean, you're talking Justin Verlander here. I mean, this guy came off a Cy Young season in the twilight of his career, or who knows? I mean, he, he is probably this this uh, decades, this centuries, in fact, in the 20, 2000s. is a kind of a Nolan Ryan comp in a way. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's going to pitch for a team that has elite staff, and that's even with out Jake DeGrom. He's going back with his Detroit Tigers teammate Max Scherzer and those two old coots are going to absolutely tear up the NL or the NL East this year. I'm absolutely sure of that. And then DeGrom going to Texas. I mean, it is what it is. See, this move could bite us a little bit, but we had no control over this. Yeah, five years is a lot. But um, a lot you know what? 
Mm, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens. Maybe first year for a new team. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he isn't uh, the same Jake DeGrom. We'll see what happens, man. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I would have liked DeGrom, but five years for a guy, you know, when he pitches, he's the best in the game. But uh, that injury risk is real for DeGrom. And I hope he stays on the field. Watching Jacob DeGrom pitch is one of my favorite things I like to do. I hope we get a lot of DeGrom versus Shohei Otani matchups this summer. I can't wait for that. But, uh, oh, yeah, hopefully... Hopefully it doesn't hurt the Blue Jays too much is what I'm getting at here. Um, another name that the Blue Jays had reportedly had interest in was a reliever, Riley. And this name kind of surprised me. I knew the Blue Jays were going to be active on run prevention. And um, when this guy ended up signing a two-year $36 million with the Boston Red Sox, reports came out that the Blue Jays were in on him too. And that is Kenley Jansen, Riley. We didn't talk about him much because I didn't think, well, I mean, me personally, I didn't think there was much of a chance that the Blue Jays would go after this guy at all. But Riley, do you have any takeaways about your thoughts on the Blue Jays' interest towards getting Kenley Jansen on this team? I mean, I can see it. You want to get, you want to stack your bullpen as much as possible. If you want to win games in probably the most budgetable and cost-efficient way, it's to have a good bullpen and not to blow games. Relief pitchers are uh, more uh, more off to cost you less money than a starting pitcher or a really good positional player. Kenley Jansen, obviously noted longtime closer of the Los Angeles Dodgers, and um, has slowed down. I would say a little bit. But Kenley Jansen is still a top relief arm in this league. And now he's in the same division pitching for what is a weaker Red Sox team. Yes, now, yes, why he wanted to go to why we why you wanted to go to Boston? I mean, could it be he just wanted? I mean, is he a really a Red Sox fan? Just wanted to be Boston's <laughs> closer, you know, something like that. Walk out, do the ninth inning trot at Fenway. I don't know. I don't feel like. Listen, there's a lot. We're a long time where Boston was a really good team. I mean, I don't feel like they're coming into 2023 as strong as past years and even last year. It doesn't really concern me. I don't know if he's going to receive a lot of because uh, assuming how it breaks down, how they add to the depth chart, I can see him being I don't know if he'll be their primary closer or just a setup guy. But um, I mean, I assume he's going to get a lot of innings and I'm sure that we'll we'll face him. And bit, yeah. it's uh, it's it's an arm that a lot of Jays players have not seen. Um, Kenley Jansen, a National League of relief pitcher. So it'd be interesting because I quite like Kenley Jansen. He's got an, probably one of the best cut fastballs in the MLB. That thing has great movement. I don't think it's going to bite us too much, though, because I think when we play the Red Sox, there's not going to be a lot of save opportunities. He's maybe going to come in when he's down six to two and maybe shut us down for an inning. Who knows? It's not going to be anything crazy, Jesse. I'm already picturing a Matt Chapman walk off two run home run against Kenley Jansen this year, and I can't wait for it. Um, I have a thought on the bullpen, though. I thought it was very interesting that the Blue Jays were trying to add another bullpen here, arm here, because I think their bullpen is actually pretty good. And I know we talked a lot about the bullpen collapse during the uh, the wild card series there, where our bullpen really did let us down. But on paper, the Blue Jays actually do have a really good bullpen. Like Jordan Romano is one of the best closers in the game. Jimmy Garcia was exceptional last year. Anthony Bass was amazing with the Marlins and actually was pretty good aside for one or two bad outings here with the Blue Jays. And then you got other guys. Tim Meza was still quite effective with this team. Remember, we just signed Eric Swanson, who had an ERA around one. And let's not forget, like, if we sign more starting pitchers, a guy like Yusei Kikuchi is probably going to end up in our bullpen as like a swing man. And the Jays, I can't go an episode without mentioning this name, Riley, but Nate Pearson is probably going to pitch in the bullpen for this team. So I think the Blue Jays do have options. And one of our better prospects, Yasver Zuleta, is probably going to be major league ready this year. He probably fits in the bullpen. Like, 
I think we almost are running into a situation where we have too many guys for not enough spots. Zach Pop, another one too, who I think is going to be really good for this team. So the bullpen interest kind of surprised me. I mean, for sure, Jesse. Um, but uh, I like it all depends. The swing move for Kikuchi. I mean, we definitely got to make a move at starting pitcher for yes, that to happen. Exactly. Because as of right now, it looks like you say Kikuchi is in the starting rotation. However, um, you cannot have too many good bullpen arms. There are still relief pitchers that have options that can be sent down. So I do not hate that because what I do hate Jesse is when our bullpen does blow games and blow big games and blow them really bad, like blow games so bad that it makes <laughs> you want to cry in your seat. Bullpen That's what hurt. happened in they our do. October base. They do hurt and they are so preventable. Like the old commercials, like you can prevent forest fires. You can prevent blown bullpen games, man. It's not that hard. We just got to, we, I think we have the right guys to do it. Honestly, I think Swanson was a great, great move. I still think though, that we need to fill that spot. We gave up that in my head right now is, is really bugging me. I didn't say it when we were talking about guys, I mentioned corner outfielder. I'm still a little bit cheesed. We had to dump Teo uh, to the Mariners to get this guy in the prospect there. Mm -hmm. But, you know, until that spot gets filled, our depth chart looks like Whit Merrifield in center or right field. And I would really prefer another bat, perhaps a lefty bat um, to play center or at least right field, Jesse. I don't know about you, man. Yeah, it sounds right, because I think I want Whit Merrifield starting at second base for this team. And I want somebody deeper with more of an offensive impact. I will say, flashing back, looking at the Tyasker Hernandez trade now, it doesn't it seem kind of silly that the Blue Jays freed up $14.1 million because they wanted to spend some money on a high-impact player, and they haven't. And the $14 million seems kind of kind of crazy with all the money that was going out around here. Like, maybe 14... If you were to give Teoscar Hernandez $14 million for one year, I think a lot of teams would sign up for that, especially with what free agent outfielders are getting this uh, and during this winter meeting's time. So... I don't want to say it's a mistake yet because, you know, he was one year away from free agency. We were probably going to let him walk for nothing, but it's it's getting more sour on me as the time goes on here. Oh, absolutely. Me too. And I mean, you can pretty much put it in um, the title of this podcast. Are the Blue Jays worse? And um, I, I that's how I feel a little bit uh, with Te with Teo gone in a spot not field. This is that impatience, man. And uh, that is a move that can certainly come back to haunt us as we um, saw the Mariners in our wildcard series, Jesse. So it's some food for thought there. There are some outfielder names still out there, but um, we're sitting here and it's December the 8th and we mm -hmm. still haven't filled that spot yet. That void is still there. You know, going back onto uh, projections, kind of going off on a little tangent, tangent here. Uh, Fangraphs released their 2023 projected win percentage as of how the rosters look this morning, right? So this is after the uh, Bogart signing, after the Judge signing. But with the current players the Blue Jays have on, on pace right now, they projected them for a 540 winning percentage, which is about 87 wins next year. But that is behind the Yankees, behind the Astros, and behind the Rays. So it's looking right now the Blue Jays would be third in their division. And I just... We need more than that. We need more. They, they trust our offense. They think our offense is going to be second in run scored, but we're going to be about league average and runs against. So more work needs to be done, honestly, because these are the core years of the Toronto Blue Jays. These are the years we need to pick up. Well, we have Vladdy. Well, we have Manoa. Well, we have Kirk. Well, we have Bo. That we need to take a shot at the World Series. And if this is the roster we're running, it's not good enough. 
Yeah, it's win it's win now mode for for us um us Blue Jays fans. It should be the same for uh the Blue Jays front office. It should be it should have been a no-brainer. The um the the Teo trade should have should have got the ball rolling. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. Yes, you captured a phenomenal phenomenal right-handed relief pitcher in Eric Swanson. There's no doubt about that. He had a great year. You give him more innings, I don't know what's going to happen, but there's no doubt about it that he has a lot of upside and a lot of talent. Um, so does Teo. Okay, so you didn't want to just let him walk to free agency. So you cut his you, for us, you cut his deal short by a year essentially, but you free up a lot of money in the in in the making. Um, you know that money's still on the board, and mm-hmm. like Roger said, if they're willing to spend money, there is not a better spot to fill right now. You can, you know what? Take that fourteen, turn it into twenty five. Uh, flip the bill for a pitcher that's worth 12 and a half and a position player, a corner outfielder that's worth 12 and a half. That's what I'm doing with that money. And I've only gone over $10 million, which I don't know if, if Roger said spend money, $10 million is absolute. Hey, in 2004, $10 million oh, is a lot, lot of money. Yeah. This in this day and age for baseball with the ridiculous contracts being handed out left, right and center to these guys, that don't even have six years of MLB service. I mean, the least we can do, Jesse, is absolutely lock someone down, give mm-hmm. them a phenomenal offer. You don't have to give them 10 years, but give them a juicy four or five-year deal and lock that guy down because our window still goes five years, Jesse. 2026. It's... Th- I- uh, yeah, like uh, so, twenty twenty three, four, five, six. That's four years. Yeah, maybe, maybe we go. You know, maybe we go older than in twenty twenty seven or whatever. But there's still time. But um, yeah, absolute no brainer. And I think that we were let down a little bit by not getting a top end talent out of this. I'm a little disappointed at that. I'm not extremely worried. It just would have been nice, Jesse, to have a lock. I mean, there's still a lot of question marks up in the air, man. And I'm not a fan of that right now. I know that, you know, pitchers and catchers don't report for another, you know, I think we're less than 100 days now or whatever. And spring training is, I mean, hey, baseball is a year-long thing, man. It sure is. It's 365, man. There's no question about it. And, you know, as as an individual who follows, you know, transactions in baseball, seeing these names go to other clubs where – you know, we know we've given them, you know, kind of a nibble or a taste. You know, we should have we should have absolutely came in with a staple deal and locked a guy down. So, Riley, let's talk about how the Blue Jays are going to use some of that money now, because we've clearly established the Blue Jays have a ton of money to spend. And they're kind of running out of names of guys they could spend it on. The first one, Riley, was Kode Senga. We've talked a lot about his pitch mix, what he might bring. I know we were kind of hit and miss about whether or not he's going to have success over on the North American side. But the recent reports are, yes, the Blue Jays have done their homework on him. They know what he's probably going to project like. But he has checked in with six or seven teams and, quote, in only one country. So it sounds like he won't end up in the Toronto Blue Jays. So let's, for now, cross that name off the list because the Blue Jays can always go back and rethink about it. But let's assume we're not going to spend money on Kode Senga. You follow me so far? Gotcha. Okay, next guy on the list is Brandon Nimmo. And I think this is the one that a lot of Blue Jays fans are kind of griping for. He's really the only high-end outfielder left. The fit is incredible. Left-handed. We did an episode where we talked about Brandon Nimmo and what we thought about the team. But I will say with the caveat, Riley, Ben Nicholson-Smith 
thinks he doesn't think Brandon Nimmo is going to happen. And since Aaron Judge was close to signing with the Giants, but then ultimately didn't, he thinks the Giants are the front runners right now to sign Brandon Nimmo. So again, unless the Jays overpay or sweeten their pitch or do something, it doesn't sound like Brandon Nimmo is going to be a Toronto Blue Jay either. So those two guys, Riley Cody Senga, Brandon Nimmo, a thought? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I Senga is 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 whatever. Hasn't pitched on an MLB mound. Whatever. That take that out of the equation for right now, Jesse, because that's a whole that's a whole other beast. Is is a guy coming internationally? But yeah, you got an on base machine like Nemo who can play a great who can play a great outfield and is a lefty bat. And on base guys is what we need. We got all the power. Oh, we got all the power hitters in the lineup we need. I think even without Teoscar Hernandez, we really do. And adding Brandon Nemo to this to this lineup of already great power hitters, adding an elite contact, an elite plate visionist at the plate, if you will, um, is going to do is going to do awesome. And he's he's a plus on defense ahead of Teo. I mean. Teo's not a uh, definitely not a gold glover, and neither is Nemo. But he still he still gives us more winning probability defensively. I mean, let's go back to Sanga for a second. Mm-hmm. We if we sink in a spot in the rotation and reserve it for him, it can go l- one of two ways. It can go either really well or not really well, and that's money wasted. I would for sure rather go with a for, for sure thing on the on the mound, Jesse. I mean, we have already question marks starting next season, that being Jose Brios and possibly Yusei Kikuchi. There are right. two kind of question marks there. I don't want to add a third into the equation. We've got two elite throwers at, at the top of our rotation. I want to just add a complimentary guy, perhaps maybe a former, a former ace or a, an aspiring ace, not someone who is, um, you know, a possible, you know, f- a fireballer, a possible guy that has a three ERA. I want a for sure guy. I would take a guy with a whip around uh, 1.3 and a four ERA. That's going to um, pitch more innings, on- right? But he's going to eat innings. He's going to more often than not win you ball games. Not going to go the distance, but six six innings for sure. That's what this team needs, man. As as far as that goes, you know what player kind of fits that mold that you've just described there, Ross Stripling. Like what yeah. the hell? <laughs> no. I know, I know. I yes, Jesse. I know, man. Hey, we had this. We had this whole discussion about it, and I mean, it that seemed like a no brainer too. But hey, whatever happens. You know, um, John Schneider was actually asked about the chance of bringing Ross Stripling back. And he said, quote, obviously, we'd love to have him back like any team that's trying to win. We've been active in the pitching talk. So I think the longer the Jays go without signing up somebody, um, it means Ross Stripling might be more likely to come back. But Riley, the top pitching name on the market is Carlos Rodon. And, you know, since around the industry, the Jays have been checking in on pitchers. But Scott Boris himself said the Jays seem more interested on their hitters which means Carlos Rodon, a Scott Boris client, the Blue Jays probably haven't checked in on him either. So I don't think Carlos Rodon's going to end up a Blue Jay, Riley. Just real quick, 60 seconds or less. Carlos Rodon, is he going to fit on this team? I mean, I liked him when he pitched for the White Sox. I thought he yeah. had 
uh, an amazing year for the Giants. I mean, I think that he's at the top of his game in 2022. That's the be- that's his career year right there, in my opinion. I don't think he can replicate that. I still think he's a great arm. He's an ace on a lot of teams. Yeah, absolutely. There are three more names the Blue Jays left the winter meetings with that kind of had interest when um, two, Michael Conforto, a guy who when we started the offseason, I was kind of like, man, I don't think I want him. But now as our options are kind of running thin, things are going out the door. I'm opening myself up to Michael Conforto. Uh, more before the last season he played before he got injured. He actually had two seasons of a above 125 WRC plus. There is some power here and he won't break the bank, even though the Blue Jays do have money to spend. So I think they are interested in Michael Conforto and it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up a Toronto Blue Jay. And the other two names are Michael Brantley. Now, Ben Nicholson Smith reported the Jays had interest in Brantley. Remember when he was almost a Blue Jay two years ago? I personally don't see the fit. Don't love the defense. Uh, the bat to ball skills are still there, but they're kind of declining lately. And I don't think they want to run him out as a DH every day. And Alex Reyes is the last name, Riley. Another guy who's been linked to the Toronto Blue Jays. Still has massive strikeout stuff. He throws really hard, but he could be one of these guys that we've talked about a lot. The upside's insanely high, but the floor is insanely low and he might not stick. So those three names, Riley, Michael Conforto, Michael Brantley, and Alex Reyes. Any thoughts on those? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Brantley, let's start with Brantley, a guy who I've obviously seen more than um, than the other two. Brantley does have elite contact or did at some point. His bat-to-ball skills, left-handed bat as a left fielder was, was fantastic. He's in the twilight of his career. And yeah, you said it, Jesse, not really a top fit. Alex Reyes is a real interesting one. This guy throws extremely hard, mm-hmm. has extremely high upside. But Jesse... At this point, I really do like a for sure thing in the bullpen, and it's it's probably not him. I feel really good about Swanson. Had this deal been kind of flipped around, and we didn't have uh, we had Reyes instead of Swanson, I would I would feel a little bit unsettled on that. I think that we're fine without him. And Michael Conforto, I mean. This is a guy, um, you know, local broadcast television, saw him quite a bit for the Mets as an mm-hmm. outfielder. Yeah. I thought he I thought he did quite well. This is another guy with good bat to ball skills as a lefty bat, kind of injury struck, whatever. I mean, he still has a lot of MLB time left. I mean, he's not a young guy. He's around 30, I would have to think. Um, but yeah, if he if. If he lands with Jays, won't break the bank. Is he going to be our starting right fielder? I mean, there's a possibility, but there, I mean, there are still other options as well. Yeah, and the Jays are going to do something, right? If we're having this conversation in March that the Jays haven't done this, then it's a problem, but there is still time. Riley, from the free agency, let's talk trades. And the big one was Brian Reynolds out of Pittsburgh demanding a trade. Um, John Paul Morosi actually tweeted that the fit for the Toronto Blue Jays would be incredible. And Riley, out of all the names left, I think if we could find a way to get Brian Reynolds without giving up too much is going to be quite good. Now, there's some beef going around that his defense wasn't that good. I will say Brian Reynolds got unlucky as a defender last year. Um, In fact, StatCast grades every defensive play as a one-star, two-star, three-star, four-star, five-star. Obviously, the five-stars are like your catch probability is like 5%. Like you have to make an extremely amazing athletic play to get those. And one-stars, you're like your routine can of corn, fly ball hit right at you. Um, Brian Reynolds only had three three-star attempts last year. So either every ball hit to him was either routine, can of corn, or it was like an extremely hard, difficult play to make. And if he's getting more difficult plays, it's going to be tougher for him to grade out defensively. So I do think the defensive numbers will step up for him next year. Plus, switch hitter. Plus, you know, good back-to-ball skills, which the Blue Jays have been targeting all offseason. The only problem here, Riley, is I don't know if Pittsburgh is going to want to trade him. Last year, when they tried to trade him, Seattle was inquiring about him, and they asked for Julio Rodriguez in return. So maybe the price 
is sky high for Brian Reynolds. But now that the player has publicly demanded a trade, I do think his value will go down now. And there is a chance the Blue Jays could sweep in here without having to give up too much prospect pedigree to get Brian Reynolds on the team. I mean, let's hope so. Let's hope it's it's um, it's not in a Ralvis Martino or or, you know, Ricky Tiedemann. Let's hope it's not something like that. Tiedemann's got to be untouchable, man. Like he can't be going anywhere. Listen, we, I mean, we don't have Woods Richardson. We don't have Austin Martin. I mean, not that, not that Gunnar Hoagland and Zach Logue were exceptionally high end prospects. Maybe Gunnar Hoagland could be quite a good pitcher one day. I mean, we've done that dance already. Mm -hmm. And I mean, if, unless we can kind of get a sweet deal on it, it won't be the right deal. I mean, we can't sell the entire farm. We've done that kind of Jesse over the past couple of years. And I'm not a fan of it, but this is the right time. The Jays did give up the right pieces to get in the right guys and make the right transactions. I believe the Brios at the time was a great deal. And the same with the Matt Chapman deal. Um, and so we're looking at a team like Pittsburgh. Um, we fleece the athletics. Oh, and, uh, that trade looks great in hindsight now. Like, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And if we can do, if we can more or less do the same thing with the Pirates, that would be amazing. But that would be kind of, on, on those terms, I think that would be the right thing. I don't want to see a high-end guy go. One more takeaway from the winter meetings that happened here is that the St. Louis Cardinals signed a catcher. They signed Wilson Contreras. And Riley, I was drawing up all these things because the Blue Jays and the Cardinals made so much sense on a trade for a catcher because they have all this outfield surplus. The Blue Jays have all this catching depth. It match seemed to be made, but ultimately they decided to go with the free agent route and spend money and keep on to their outfielders. So my question is now, Riley, like what's next? The Blue Jays are still adamant that we're going to trade one of these three catchers. And where are we going to send them? San Diego? They're clearly going all in. They're pushing in all their chips. They could use an upgrade at catcher. Milwaukee could use a guy with Omar Narvaez being a free agent, but they might start to sell. There are rumors about that in the Brewers. Maybe they don't want to add a guy. Uh, the White Sox with Grandall. He was terrible last year. They could, they're a team trying to win. Cleveland's a natural fit. They want a guy that can go in with Bo Naylor. Houston, who just was runner-up to Wilson Contreras. They didn't get a guy. They could use a guy like Danny Jansen to help them win a World Series. And Minnesota. They offered a contract to Christian Vasquez, so they're clearly still interested. And there's just a list there. Arizona is another one that could take a catcher here, and they have some good outfielder surplus. So where do you think the Blue Jays go now to try to trade one of their three catchers? I mean, for sure, my mind hasn't changed a bit on who that who that piece is, sadly. I mean, there is no doubt in my mind that Alejandro Kirk is is the untouchable one in this in this thruple of catchers. I yeah. mean Look, I mean, you could look at you can look at Danny Jansen and say that he had a great a great season, a great injury ridden season, and that Danny Jansen is probably at the highest value he will be right now, unless he pops yeah, up and has another great year. Um, and Gabriel Moreno is the real question mark. Do we want to have basically roll between two starting catchers? Because we know Kirk can't catch every day, mm-hmm. and we know Jansen is is a formidable force behind the plate. Um, but really, it's just 
it's one of those things where Gabriel Moreno is a very interesting one because he showed very early on for his cup of coffee, if you want to call it that. I mean, he's he's coming for a refill next year. I have no doubt in my mind that when we start this year, that Gabriel Moreno will be on the 26-man roster. I mean, I'm sure that there will be a move made, and I'm almost certain it will be Danny Jansen. I mean, it's sad to say he's been a, a longtime catcher for the Blue Jays. And sadly... He just had he's had to split time a lot. And I feel like if he goes somewhere else, he's going to be if he's the primary catcher and used almost every day, I think he'll have a phenomenal year. And yeah, sure. I mean, send him if the Padres want to win. Sure. We've the San Diego fans vote Blue Jays when we do the all star voting thing. You know, why don't. Why don't we help out a National League West team? I mean, San Diego, I mean, they have such good young talent. I can't picture Jano in a Padres jersey, but sure, why not send him there? I mean, <clears throat> free up some room, see what we can do, man. But I'm certain that Gabriel Moreno and Kirk are guys, because, yes, Jesse, I've thought about it too, man, and it sucks to say, I mean... But that's 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 business, man. That's that's how it's got to go sometimes. I think out of those six teams I mentioned too, the only ones that might prefer Moreno over Jansen would be Arizona or it would be Milwaukee. But think like if we trade Jansen for San Diego, they've got some pitchers they might get up like they might want to dump Blake Snell's contract. We could use Blake Snell on our team, right? The White Sox have some outfielders. Maybe they want to get rid of um, uh, who's the guy, the young guy who was drafted with Vladdy, who was rookie of the year voting with him. I forget his name off the top of my head, but um, they have some good outfielders there. They could kind of part with, maybe you could get like a Liam Hendricks. There's kind of buzz about the White Sox wanting to trade him. Milwaukee, they say right now they're not trading Corbin Burns or Brandon Woodruff, but wait and see on that one. I think that might change as we get down to the off season. And Cleveland obviously has guys like Tristan McKenzie, Shane Bieber. They could be wanting to trade one of those guys as well. And um, a good Canadian guy, Cal Quantrill from Cleveland. So they have pitchers they could offer us. And Minnesota is a different one. Uh, Max Kepler seems to be an interesting name that could fit this outfield really well. And then they have a few um, a few pitchers. Well, they're trying to acquire a pitcher, so maybe not so much trade one. But uh, Luisa Rise, there are rumors that Minnesota might be willing to dangle the, the batting champion this year to try to get something. And if he's available, I could see the Blue Jays maybe trying to get him in a catcher's trade. I mean, Luis Arias can play multiple infield positions. That's mm-hmm. always helpful. Also, Jesse, um, Luis Robert, perhaps, the outfielder so, you were drawing a blank on? Yes, it was him, and there was the other one. Um, let me look this up right now. You do that, and I'll tell you and I'll tell you what I think, Jesse, because, yeah, I do like a lot of those. Cal Quantra is another est- interesting one. I also like Plezak um, yep. and Tristan McKenzie, too. There is a lot of good young arms that still have team control in Cleveland. The Guardians have a really interesting roster makeup. I feel like they have – they really lack position players, and I feel like they could win – I think they could win 60 games, two to one or three to two this year. I mean, it's incredible. Um, I would like, I would like that too, man. Um, but the Snell contract is whatever. I mean, he doesn't have more than three years left. I, I don't know his makeup now, but I'm sure it's not more than three years. I would do Blake Snell. We know what how good he was with the Rays, and he's just coming off. You know, I mean. I guess a collapsible year for the Padres, you could call it that. The wheels really fell off towards the end. There was they were a really good pitching staff for sure. Um, I mean, you don't always want to see your rival. You don't want your rivals really in your jerseys. But Jesse, 
we're here. It's kind of slim pickings, though, brother. I mean, mm-hmm. that's yeah, really. kind of the way we're looking at it. I mean, we're talking about trading for a guy that was a big time rival here um, in the American League East five years ago. And here he's now pitching for, you know, the Padres um, or sorry, yeah, pitching for the Padres yep. and, you know, th- talking about, you know, possibly acquiring him. So I don't know, man. It always it comes back to we didn't make moves right away. So we're not scraping the bottom of the barrel, but we're about midway right now. And I really hope before Christmas we get a gift here oh, that, that is so nice. a Blue Jays acquisition. I think that is really what needs to happen. I mean we're not getting teased. We're not getting cheesed with this. There is wor- work being done in the front offices. It's just the results haven't come in yet. There's no- results are always nice, Jesse. You always want to see something happen. Uh, Eloy Jimenez was the name I was thinking of. And I'm sure there were some of you listeners screaming at your radios right now because you probably knew exactly who I was talking about. But that's a name. Keep an eye on if the White Sox do decide to sour on him. And Riley, that's all I got for the rumors and the buzz right now. I do think it is important that the Jays are going to get somebody and I think it's important that we spend our money if we don't spend our money on huge like say Nimmo goes to the Giants say Rodon goes somewhere else say Kode Senga goes somewhere else like the Blue Jays might actually look at using that money to extend a Vlad a Manoa a Kirk a Boba because they got to do something with their money and maybe extending the core pieces we already have might not be the worst idea I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the least Jesse that's yeah. the least we can do right now mm-hmm. I mean the, you see these deals. Tatis, who was suspended for PEDs, has uh, has one uh, as a crazy deal right now. There's going to be other deals take off here. Wander Franco, another one too. Like these young guys getting big deals, and here we have you know Bo and Vlad and Manoa can be a guy too here shortly who has has earned his place in the MLB as an ace. Mm-hmm. I mean, there should be definitely extension talks. If, if we're not, if we're not going to put money into someone else, it's got to go into our boys who came up through our own system, our drafted guys, the guys that you want to be watching with this team for 20 years, man, that's what's got to happen at the least. Jesse. I agree with you, man. And let's look, there's still a lot of off season left. We can't stress that enough, but it sure does leave a sour taste in our mouth, leaving these winter meetings. But I do want to get on to some news and notes, Riley. And Riley, the Rule 5 draft happened just this past day. Now, the Blue Jays didn't select anyone to the Major League portion, and nobody, no team selected any Blue Jays prospect to the Major League portion of the roster. However, the Blue Jays did make a minor league selection. We selected catcher Kike Rios, and they did lose former first-round pick Logan Warmouth to Seattle. Um, there he is going to be on the AAA roster for Seattle. I do like how the Blue Jays got some catching depth here. It still seems even more likely that we are still going to trade one. But yeah, any thoughts on those guys maybe losing Logan Warmouth or the addition of Kike Rios? I mean, I, I don't know much about Kike Rios. Yeah, I mean, he, Logan he didn't Warmouth well. was kind of like... I mean, Warmoth is a guy who's been in our system for a while. And um, you'd never... <laughs> yeah, former first-round pick, but a guy who is not a major league quality player, a guy who can play middle infield, and a guy who can play some outfield. So an interesting build there. Um, but yeah, won't um, definitely a guy who's going to do really well in the... Uh, he's a career minor leaguer. He's going to do he's going to do well wherever he goes in the minor leagues. He's going to be a journeyman. He's going to make some... He's going to make a very good living playing minor league baseball and good for him, man. Yeah, 27 years old. Never hit more than 10 home runs in a season. He's been a below average minor league player um, since 2019. So... 
guy didn't fan out as a top end prospect, but we're rooting for him. Let's hope he gets a cup of coffee with Seattle at some point this year. Um, some more news and notes, some awards to give out, Riley. We're giving out the buddies. I guess that's what we can call it. The Buds and Blue Jays award. But these ones are some real ones. First one, Jordan Romano won the Tip O'Neill Award, um, which is the award for, I think, for best Canadian athlete. He's the third Toronto Blue Jay uh, ever to win this award with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. taking it home last year. So congratulations to you. Jordan Romano, and one of our Sportsnet writers, Shai Davidi, he won an award as he took over the national president of the Baseball Writers Association of America at the winter meetings. And in fact, with that title, Shai Davidi will be the one who speaks at Cooperstown during the Summer Hall of Fame ceremony. So good to see a Blue Jays guy going in with um, the announcer there. And on track, I guess, Fred McGriff, a former Blue Jay, the crime dog, as he's called, um, got elected into the Hall of Fame due to the Veterans Committee here. And Riley, a little note, while he was on the podium, he's giving a speech for his Hall of Fame thing, he sang some of the OK Blue Jays theme songs. So Fred McGriff, happy you're in the Hall of Fame, man. Congratulations, and let's go Blue Jays. Crime dog, man. What a what a an all-time baseball nickname for sure. A big presence at the plate, a big power, first baseman, lefty bat. The kind of guy you want on first base. Mm-hmm. I don't even have to look it up. Fred McGriff, 492 home runs in his career. Don't ask me how or why I know <laughs> that. It's always been a number that sticks out. It just seems like I mean, hey, it's not quite 500, and I, I, I know he's tied with someone. I don't know if it's Mel Ott or someone else. I have the I, the files a little bit sticky in my memory right now. But, um, yeah, Fred McGriff was one of the best left-handed power hitters uh, throughout the 19, late 80s, the 90s. I mean, he was very old when he retired as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I he hey, you know what? He definitely. I'm surprised he didn't get in the in the first ten years. Yeah, me Fred too. McGriff is a for sure an absolute Hall of Famer, man. And that's not even my opinion. That's just a fact, man. That's just a fact that Crime Dog is a Hall of Famer. Fred McGriff tied with Lou Gehrig at 493 home runs there. So top 30, 93. All time. Oh, I was one off. Yeah. Okay, one off. Woo. Damn good guess. I, and I know what I was gonna correct myself too, but you know what? I stuck with what I and it wasn't Melot. Let's go with a, a maybe a more famous guy. Yeah, let's go with the uh, Iron Man himself and Lou Gehrig. Mm-hmm. Hell of a thing there. Um, some few more news and notes here, Riley. The Blue Jays are still trying to get an All Star game. Now the Jays will have to wait until 2025 or 2027, but we've talked about it before. It's time to get the Blue Jays an All Star game. I think our last one was 1989. It's been time, especially with the renovations coming to Rogers Center this year. I really do think they want to get their chance in at an all-star game. Another thing. Yeah. yeah go ahead. 1991, Jesse. It's set up, set up our it's set up our um our next two years, which were World Series 91, 92, 93, very legendary years. Also, um, as we spoke in past episodes, Jesse and I need to play in the celebrity softball game <laughs> yes, as well. Agreed, agreed. So remember to like and subscribe as well, <laughs> because there's only a limited time to get this thing done. I mean, Jesse and I need to be in that turning double plays against mm-hmm. these high-end celebrities. And um, yeah, they move the fences in. And I mean, Jesse, I mean, we you know, just hit some, let's hit some taters off. I, I don't know who could be pitching there. Who, who knows, man. But uh, anyways, Getty carry Lee. on. Just wanted Getty to Lee of rush. I'd love him. Getty. He's a big blue Jays fan. So let's have him throw in one and let's hit a dinger off Getty Lee. That sounds fun. I, I want to hit one off another uh, Lee. I want to hit one off spaceman, Bill Lee, uh, <laughs> <Sure>. former Red <laughs> Sox pitcher. <laughs> 
God, that'd be great. That's like our goal of Buds and Blue Jays here is like, if we can build this up to we can get to the celebrity softball game, that's a success. We've done it. We've hit the big time if that ever happens. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Good stuff. Some more news and notes. The Blue Jays are looking for a uniform patch sponsor. So Riley, how about this? We take our Buds and Blue Jays logo on our podcast. We call up Ross Atkins or Mark Shapiro at Rogers and we say, you know what? We've got the perfect ad logo for your team. And it's basically a Blue Jay already. We just throw our Buds and Blue Jays logo up there so we can have the Blue Jays themselves repping our show. What do you think? I mean, it's my nice little foam background here, as <laughs> yep, you see, Jesse. Yep. Buds and Blue Jays. I mean, there's no other way to go. I mean, keeping things simple. Also, a nice little red ribbon Budweiser would look good, too, if they don't want to go that way. Sure. You know, of course, we want to keep things good. What I don't want to see is like a big, fat, like RBC, CIBC logo. Yeah, I think no. that would look dumb. And um, also, if they're looking for one, I mean, aren't we the Rogers Center? I mean, to me, it would make the most sense to have a Rogers crest use the same red in the leaf on our logo. Mm -hmm. But hey, that's just me. What do I know about baseball uniform designs or anything <laughs> like that? You know, I'm not the guy making the calls here. Problem is Rogers is greedy. They want their money. So they're hoping some other company will give them money just for the logo space. Whatever. Not surprising there. A few more news and notes, though. Um, Vladimir Guerrero was asked if he's going to play for Team Canada during the World Baseball Classic. And although he did not seem disinterested, it did kind of get the sense that if he does play in the WBC, it's going to be for the Dominican Republic. And I don't think that really surprises anybody here. And the, Blue and the Major League Baseball had its first ever draft lottery. So the Blue Jays will pick 20th overall in the MLB draft. Um, the top five will be Pittsburgh, Washington, Detroit, Texas, and Minnesota with your Oakland A's coming in sixth. And Riley, the Blue Jays have picked 20th overall once in the Major League Draft. Can you tell me what player they took with the 20th overall pick in the first round? Can you give me a year or would that be cheating? No, the year was 2009. 2009. Yeah. And we took a position a, player no, or we took pitcher? a pitcher, right-handed pitcher. In 2009. The tough one. Did we take uh, Drew Hutchinson? No, you were close. It's the same kind of type of pitcher. Um, honestly, man, uh, I'm drawing blanks right now. Those weren't exactly great times. If it's not <laughs> Drew Hutchinson, I want to hear the name and I'll probably go, oh, of course. We took uh, Chad Jenkins, who um, did make <sighs> some time with the Toronto Blue Jays. He pitched 100 career innings total with the Blue Jays. He amassed a grand total of a 3-3-1 ERA in those three seasons, all between 2012 and he only pitched three innings in 2015. So mostly between 2012 and 2014, pitching mostly out of the bullpen. Didn't strike anyone out. You know, had a few strand rates, but finished with 0.2 war in his career. So kind of a flame out, but little trivia for you on Chad Jenkins being the only other 20th. I like, I like, I like that. I like it. I like it. I like it. Let's hope we can do a little bit better with our 20th overall pick. In this upcoming draft, the Jays have picked 21 a lot. I think JP Aaron Cebia was a 21st round pick. Um, there were a few others and the Jays have picked 19 a lot. Vernon Wells, maybe 19. I could be wrong there. Maybe. I don't know who else. I'd have to go back and look it up. But yeah, only the second time we've gotten the exact 20th pick. And I've got some news on the Blue Jays players here. Um, Luis Rivera says he ran into Jose Barrios in Puerto Rico this week. And his quote was, he looks like he's in great shape. I think he's going to be ready for 2023. He's going to be a better pitcher last year. I know that, and he knows that. We're looking forward to him having a better year next year. So off-season report sounds good about Jose Barrios. Ross Atkins has talked him up. I think we're going to get a better year from Barrios next year. 
I know we're going to get a better year from Brios. It's baseball is a game of numbers. It's a game of averages. And there are certain rules and laws and regulations in baseball. And the baseball gods have come to me in a dream and said, <laughs> Riley, there is no way Jose Brios finishes with a five ERA in 2023. And I said, thank you, baseball gods. What will he finish with? And they faded into the darkness. So, it well, maybe not a two ERA, maybe not even a low three ERA. Maybe we get an average on par on on maybe the track of what he was doing in Minnesota kind of year, which would be fantastic, Jesse. In comparison, he finished Jesse. He finished his first year with the Toronto Blue Jays very very strong. Mm -hmm. In fact, I think he had a, a solid three ERA or something very two close seven to those something, lines. I think. Yeah, I think it was below three even. Oh, well, perfect. Even better. And then last year was sort of a disaster. So the fact that the fact of the matter is too, Jesse, he could have been fat, eating a bag of chips and walking down the street and you can't. Uh, you, oh, yeah, it seems great. He's going to do He's going to be amazing in 2023. Mm -hmm. I mean, hey, we'll see what happens with Jose Brios in this upcoming year. But I, I, I know, I mean, it's more than a feeling, Jesse. It's just, it's just the rules of baseball. There's no way that that's going to happen. He's not going to have another as bad of a blow up as he did last year. And just one more update. Uh, we don't have one on George Springer for a while. Last we saw him, he was taken off on the stretcher. He had a concussion. Um, manager John Schneider had said George Springer is working out in Florida. He is recovering from his elbow, elbow surgery. And then added quote, if you saw him at the gym, you wouldn't know there is anything wrong with George Springer. So it sounds like he's going to be all systems go and ready for spring training, which is great news from George Springer. We need George Springer fired on all cylinders. Um, whether we get 140 games out of him is still way up in the air, Jesse. But we know we win games with George Springer in the lineup. And the modern day, he is the best leadoff power hitter. Um, especially of well of this generation for sure, and um, I think he's a great addition to this team. He's a leader. He's a hell of a ball player, man. I love having him in Toronto, and um, yeah, he won in Houston. He was a winner in Houston, and you know he's got he should be a winner with the Blue Jays. Amen. Couldn't have said it any better myself. Well, Riley, that'll do it for episode here today. Thank you everybody for tuning in. Let's hope by this time next week we have some transactions to talk about because I really, really thought we'd have something to come on the air about this time. But hey, such is life. Doesn't always work out that way. But we know moves are going to get done. Something's going to happen here. So let's hope by this time next week that'll happen. Make sure you like, subscribe to the channel, all that fun stuff. Leave us a five-star review on those podcast streaming platforms. And Riley, anything else to add before we get out of here today? Nope. I think we covered it. Um, moral of the moral of the story, girls and guys, is um, is that there is still a lot of spring training, or sorry, a lot of off-season to go before spring training, but mm -hmm. it will creep up on you faster than you think. I would really like a move done before Christmas. Uh, it's a present that I can't open, but will still be filled with joy when I receive it, and I fully anticipate that, Jesse. That's all I have. My concern level will go up very very slight every single day until that happens <laughs> and i won't push that panic button until after the first pitch of spring training has happened and the outfield remains the same and the starting pitching staff looks the same all right we will take our temperature next week see how we're feeling about that but until then guys be well stay warm and let's go toronto blue jays thanks guys